I know in my job, I have a lot of young ladies who feel called to ministry and I hear these same questions all the time about if they should even get a degree in ministry or in worship, considering there's the possibility that many, because I think in a lot of young women's eyes, it's many churches will not hire them because they're women. And I feel really blessed at where I work because women are allowed to get a lot of degrees um, that would set them up to have a career as a, in, it, as a paid professional in a church. Um, I feel blessed by this in my own life, uh, but I do know that that's not the reality in a lot of places. It's also important to honor your church authority, but also important to take the word of God seriously. So I was just curious of what your experiences are with this. Are churches looking to hire women in areas other than children's ministry or even women's ministry? Um, or is this just pretty much a denominational thing? Are we, is just to give some practicality to some of the women listening, or maybe even perk up the ears of church leaders who might listen to this to maybe be open to possibly hiring more women? Yeah, so I do believe that this can be a denominational thing. Um, I, But at the same time, like I know in the Southern Baptist churches, um, you have, it, it's really like pastor to pastor on this, to be honest. Um, and I don't, I haven't actually heard anyone in the last... 15 years ever like speak about this in the pulpit, but you know, actions speak. Um, and I do know pastors, Southern Baptist pastors who have hired female worship leaders. Um, uh, I know in my, my personal experience with the church, yes, I was hired to do children's music, but my minister of music gave me full access to being a leader on his team, despite whatever job title that I had. Um, and I know he personally has no problem whatsoever with female led um, worship. I also know other pastors, my dad being one of them, um, he had a female worship leader at one of his first churches. And actually this was a really neat, neat thing. Um, I heard my dad preach just maybe a month or two ago um, for the first time in years, because, you know, we've been in church life ourselves. So getting away on Sunday morning is really difficult. And he was, um, filling in for a friend at his church where, um, the woman leading worship was the same woman that was leading worship when I was a child at my dad's first church. So seeing her continue, I don't believe she's employed there, but still, like we said, like employment or no employment, like your, your calling is your calling and seeing her continuing to serve there, like 25 years later was, it was sweet to my heart. Uh, but I've also spoken to other pastors who, you know, have had female worship leaders. So I, I, again, I'm going to go back to, um, your calling, you know, if, if you are truly called God is sovereign, he already knows the work that he wants you to do. He's already predestined good works for us to do. It says that in his word. And so if you are um, seeking him and surrendering your career, 
he is going to lead you to where you need to be and where he wants you to be and where he he um, has created for you. So, um, yes, there are many churches that will not hire you um, because of your gender, but God is way bigger than them. And he has a place for you if you are truly called. And the only way that you will understand your calling is through his word and through prayer and through seeking his will over your life. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, always comes back to calling, right? Like, again, we keep coming back to not just hearing what one man or woman says about what we should be doing with our life or what God thinks we should be doing with our life, but listening to God himself in our own personal walks and hearing what um, he has for us. And I did have the, the blessing and, and honor to go to Liberty and study um, under teaching there and got to have um, Dr. Miller as professor and, and hearing how she gets to pour into women. Um, so I would say, absolutely, man, it, but it doesn't need to be from a university, right? Like there are so many churches out there that you get plugged into and you serve and a lot of times you don't need to be, have a degree to be in full-time ministry or to, to work in full-time ministry. So I would say, absolutely. If you're feeling called to go to educational, um, you know, university and, and pour into music or whether it be, um, you know, women's ministry or whether it be administrative or pastoral care or, um, like go where you feel God leading you to go as Lana just shared. But I found um, practically what is best in my years of college. I knew, like, I grew up going to the same church all my life. Um, so my parents started going 1998. I was born 1999. So I was going in the womb to this church. <laughs> so I know it makes you probably feel old because I <laughs> was born in 1999. But um, so, so I was um, going to this church ever since I was born. And it was incredible to have mentors in my life and people pushed me forward into ministry, but I felt like it came from a healthy understanding of being plugged into a local church. I find so many times we can get this, like this Christian um, celebrity mentality that like, we just go to a church and then we can be a rock star and then like leave and not plug in where like, really we're called to be a part of a local body, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. And so what I found, like if you're a young woman or even an older woman and you're feeling this call in the ministry, whether employment or not, I've just found that man, get plugged into a local church serve. Um, there's so many women that I found, uh, even just in my one-on-ones, I get to sit down with a lot of young women who are in worship within um, the ministry at uh, my church. And a lot of them aren't being poured or weren't being poured into until I got there because there weren't women who wanted to pour into them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, of course, um, just being, I guess, careful in that one-on-one, right. With like a man and a woman or, yeah. you know, a woman being with a man alone, like trying to make sure how can we have healthy boundaries in that way? So when there's a woman who can step up and say, I want to shepherd these young ladies, I want to walk alongside them. Like that changes generations. Cause now that's a whole generation of worship leaders or just women of God coming up who have never been able to have that one-on-one -on -one and share the intimate details of their life um, because of that like gender barrier. Um, so I'd say, yes, it is important to honor your church authority and important to take seriously the word of God. But just as Lana said, 
um, that, you know, employment or not, um, to just be, be involved in what God has you to do. And that is only going to come from him and it can't come from man alone. Um, but when you do immerse yourself in, in ministry and also with mentors, they will lead you and, and shepherd you to something that sometimes you can't see, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm too little, or you can belittle your calling or belittle yourself, but then a mentor or a shepherd can come alongside you and say, no, like, this is, this is really, um, where God has you and is leading you. So, um, I'd say, yes, churches are definitely looking to hire women. It again, just comes down to, um, um, different denominations, of course, or leadership, but just as Lana said, um, Southern Baptist churches can range in variety of teaching and variety of what they believe. Um, so just stay submitted to, what the Lord has for you in your life. And if you do feel called to college, go to college. But if you feel called to stay plugged into your local church and have training and one-on-one -on -one and be shepherded by women and your pastors and men, um, then do that. Um, because when we're plugged into a local church and a local body, yeah. um, then we find that, that one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd I like, can I add something? Yeah. Some yeah. Part? So, um, I'm like a little, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but I've, I've actually not had, uh, besides like my family, my mom, my sisters, I've not had a lot of strong female, female mentorship, like pouring in, but I've, I've been quite amazed at, um, the natural relationships that the Lord has allowed me to then, because I, I don't know, I, I wasn't taught that, mm -hmm. um, no mentorship. I wasn't, I've never been taught that, but I, be, I, I don't know the Lord has made that happen in my life with young women. Yeah. I mean, just I, before I even knew what was happening, I yeah. now see relationships as I'm, I'm mentoring these women Yeah, um, and I completely embrace it and uh, love it. But one of the things I had a conversation with, um, with one of these um, young ladies recently, she's very fresh into college and is trying to understand what, what does the Lord want me to do? I mean, some of you, um, when you are going to school, you're, you feel this burden of like, I have to know what I'm going to do. And, um, I shared this with her in, in these moments, because while I have been a Christian since I was five, you know, baptized by my dad when I was five years old, um, I have not always understood that like, he cares about all of these decisions. He, he, he knows he's already, made this beautiful master plan for us. And if we seek him, it just unfolds beautifully mm -hmm. in front of us. Um, but also he is sovereign even when we're not seeking him. Yes. So what that's like in our lives um, was while I wasn't like asking him, Hey Lord, do you want me to go into ministry? Or I wasn't even asking him, Hey Lord, do you want me to go into music? I just knew that I was gifted and talented in it. And I wanted him to, I wanted to, I wanted to make that gift and talent the best it could be for the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he, he protected me even through that. Yeah. So while I maybe, you know, maybe things had been different and I had realized that calling, I could have gone to a Christian school and done a worship degree. That's not what happened for me. I did just music. And he protected me and he shaped our future well beyond the scope of anything we could mm -hmm. have imagined for ourselves, even when we weren't seeking him. Yep. 
So give yourself grace. Amen. I mean, we, we are not always going to get it right. There will be times in our lives when we are just walking with blinders on because we want what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you that might be, you want a career or you want a husband or you want a family. Um, and it's, 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 he loves us and protects us even in those moments because he knows our hearts. You know, think of all these characters in the Bible where it doesn't make any sense that God chose them. You know, like think about um, Jacob and Esau, you know, he chose the second brother and you're like, why, why, why would he, you know, what happened there? And it's very clear that God knew their hearts, Mm -hmm. protected them, even when they were doing like all these kind of crazy things wrong. So I I just have such hope in that and such, um, I'm going to cling to that, that even whenever I am messing up, that God knows my heart and that it's after him and that he will protect me and bring me through. And I truly believe that for each of you out there that are taking the time to even listen to this, that he is drawing you to him and, and listen, press in and listen to him. Yeah. That is exactly my story. I can't tell you how often I, me, how often I, um, devalue myself or even disqualify myself because I don't have a degree in ministry or I don't have a Bible degree. All of my degrees are in music and education and it's, it creeps up constantly. The enemy is constantly doing this. And I will tell you, tell you no one, not once has ever questioned my calling on my life because I don't have those degrees. And so I just want to encourage and just kind of back up what Lana just said, because that's, that's the truth. Um, the Lord redeems and restores all things, but he also used he, I have used, obviously I'm teaching in higher education. So I am clearly using all of my education, but in, he has equipped me for ministry through all of that. And I, I also want to say to not to shut doors yourself, allow the Lord to open and shut the doors for you and just have your hands open, have everything out on the altar and just say, okay, Lord, here it is. And I think sometimes girls no, it's, it's all of us. We just have these expectations of like, well, I'm going to work in this type of church and I'm going to work or go here and do this. And the Lord may not open that door for you first. Maybe you are hearing from the Lord and that's down the road, but maybe another door gets opened and you have to go before the Lord and say, is this you opening this door and not just avoid going through it because of your own control issues or because of your own assumptions, because the Lord may have something in store for you. If you walk through that door, um, I also just want to add too, because again, I know that my experience is a little bit different than you, but both of you have callings on your life to speak as well. And I feel very blessed that I, um, my church allows me, my pastor allows me the opportunity to even preach on Sunday mornings and, Regardless of what your views are on this, I think just remember to submit all of that to the Lord and whatever doors are open for you, don't just refuse to walk through them 
because of your own assumptions. Um, I, again, have no Bible degrees, but the Lord has equipped me to be able to learn how to speak well and to research the word. And so don't just have assumptions about what the Lord's calling you to just be, be open-handed, um, and, and say, all right, Lord, yes, send me wherever you want me to go. I just really quickly want to, want to bring this up. How has your experience been working on a team as a woman? I, I, I feel totally supported as a woman, totally heard on my team. I've got three other women on my team with the four guys where we're, we, we operate in the fivefold mentality at all people's church, Ephesians four, six, but so I, I don't have any issues with this, but I know even in the secular world, there can be issues here. Uh, so I don't want to just, you know, say that this is just a church thing, but just really quickly, maybe two or three sentences. What's a realistic expectation for women uh, working on a team with others? Any part of ministry, right, whether it be if you're teaching or if you're leading worship or if you are administrative or if you're in children's, um, any part of ministry, um, I think a lot of times with other women, the biggest thing that could be the struggle is comparison or um, or even judgment or um, expectations. Um I found that the biggest way to see other women or combat, you know, comparison or if someone is jealous or if there's even an identity issue of, um, you know, needing to build up another woman in the Lord and encouragement, I found the best thing to do, even in the midst of confrontation or struggles or having hard conversations is to constantly be in prayer for them. And I know that sounds like a really simple answer, but it is the one thing that has kept my heart from growing bitter. And it's the one thing that's kept my heart from growing hard is um, when you see um, someone step up to, you know, lead a song. And I even know this within school because at Liberty, we, um, I was on a team where a lot of, you know, girls and guys would have to lead songs or, you know, they might have to lead uh, someone else's song that they led well, or, you know, this person's voice is better on this. And there's so many different opinions, especially within music. But I found anytime someone steps up, you know, to lead a song or to sing or to, to walk in their calling really is instead of, feeling like, oh, they do that better than me, or man, like, I wish I had that confidence, or man, I wish I had that leadership, is to then turn it into prayer and say, Lord, bless that woman. Lord, give her strength. Lord, give her um, boldness to speak. And and because we know that there's power um, of death or life on your tongue. And so when you speak things into an atmosphere, whether it be like, man, I wish this, or man, I wish I had that favor on my life, or I wish I had that, um, it, it it really changes a mindset to then think that what the gifting that you personally have isn't good enough or isn't like this other person's when we all know the truth is that we're all called to a unique calling. That's only for our life. And it's like so many times, as many times as you hear that you can still catch yourself in comparison or in, in um, comparing to other person's people's walks or their, their callings. And so I would say the biggest thing, especially at least um, what I've experienced within women in ministry is to 
view them and have a healthy view first and foremost of yourself and your own calling. And if you don't to first seek the Lord in that in prayer, but then also like we've just talked about mentorship and have accountability to walk alongside you in it. But then secondly, um, to pray over women in ministry and pray over even men in ministry who walk up, but specifically with this question, working with others on a team as a woman in ministry, um, I would say the biggest thing is just to pray over those individuals. When you, when you have bitterness or when you have a thought coming into your mind that is not on things above to direct it. And that's not easy because in our flesh, we just want to be like, well, you know, they're not like this, or they're not saying this. And so easily we can go to a critiquing spirit and judgmental spirit, but man, what if we as women would build each other up and pray over each other, even when they don't know it, right? Even when they don't see it or know that we're praying over them. Um, but then also, I would say that that would be like working part. But personally, for me, leading um, a team, a worship team, and I'm currently the only person on staff in worship at my church. So really, um, shepherding and leading really falls on um, my shoulders. And um, so I would say what I found is, again, it's just the easy answer of easy, but not easy to lay out, but constantly be in prayer, constantly be submitting everything back to the Lord, uh, because our feelings and emotions can get the best of us. And then we operate outside of what the spirit wants us to do. Um, and then that's where a lot of the bitterness and bad decisions can be made is when we're operating outside of what Holy spirit would have us do. Um, so I'd say when leading men and women in a team, uh, wherever you are, wherever context you're in, whether it be administrative, you're the administrative director, or you're the children's director, or you're the worship director, or you're a pastoral care team director, and you're a woman, um, to be submitting everything back to the Lord. Because even if you're not married and you're not submitting back to your husband as well in leadership, the most and foremost um, would be the umbrella of what the Lord is leading you to do. Um, So that's what I found is... Number one, praying over women, not letting bitterness and offense take its root in your heart. And two, um, sitting under the Lord's covering and um, submitting everything back to him. Yeah. So I um, will be totally honest about this. I have experienced emotions um, or, and thoughts and feelings very negative toward other women, myself, in leadership. And one of the things that um, drew me out of that was just realizing what I was doing and confessing it, confessing it to the Lord, like change my heart about this. What am I doing? Why am I being so critical? Why Mm -hmm. am I, you know, not encouraging them? And once I did that, uh, my heart changed completely for these women. I think it's really important to understand that your leaders are not, um, you know, immune to sin and to sinful thoughts. And, um, if you are a leader and you think you are, (laughs) you need to take a really hard look at your heart. Um, because it's likely that we, you are in doing these very things to people. I recently have been reading Francis Chan's book, letters to the church. And one of the things that he talks about in this book is a supernatural love that a church body should exhibit for each other. Like that people should look into our church buildings and see this crazy, beautiful love 
of church members supporting each other, praying over each other, encouraging one another, lifting each other up. Um, and man, that convicted my heart so deeply is what I'm doing super is, is what I'm, I'm, you know, reflecting off of me, the love of Jesus to everyone around me. If it's not Lord change my heart, change my heart. So one of the prayers that I began praying, um, was Lord Jesus, teach me to love like you love and teach me to serve like you served. Um, and he, he answers those types of prayers completely and fully. And I have friendships now that have been completely restored, um, because of the change in my heart, you know, where I had some women, you know, wanting relationship with me. And, you know, my thought was, I've got plenty. I don't, I, I, let's just work together. Let's be on a team together, but that's where it ends. And the Lord just turned my heart totally upside down about that. Um, and I'm so thankful that he did. So I think it's really important to take a hard look at yourself and how you're operating on your team. Are you operating, um, in a sense of like, I want to be heard. I want this. I want that. All of those things are revolved around I, um, and not like the integrity of the team and the, the teamwork of the team, you know? So, um, and, and it's, it's okay. We all go through this. We all experience this. And the, the best thing you can do for your team, for your relationship with the Lord is to confess these things to him and ask him to heal it. So I think we're going to end here, but other than interpersonal relationship issues, what are, and these don't even have to be gender related by the way, but just curious if you guys would be willing to share some obstacles that you've personally experienced as you've entered into ministry, because I think it's really important to just be real because I know that there's a lot of people who feel this calling into ministry and they just think it's all going to be flowers and butterflies, but I am all about telling the truth because it's really easy to be blindsided into think thinking that serving the Lord is just this perfect life and, um, an easy life. And I think that there's just not a realistic understanding of what this looks like. Um, I'm going to go back to our calling and whether or not we're seeking the Lord, there are going to be, um, um, struggles in every workplace and the church is not immune to this. It's really easy to take things personally and to assume the worst about the people that you're working with. You know, like if someone doesn't consider X, Y, Z about your ministry and they put kind of a hardship on you because they didn't consider that it's really easy to be like, well, they're just not thinking about me. You know, all of these thoughts are, are self focused. Okay. One of the, the most um, amazing lessons that my um, former uh, superior taught us um, or leader, I should say, um, was to not expect the worst in people, to not assume the worst, give grace first. Uh, and then, um, because I, I, I think I especially experienced that in my, my early years of working um, for the church, like, I don't understand why they're, this person's not thinking about this. And it's easy to be like, well, they're not thinking about it because they don't care about me. But that's not 
that's not true. That's, that's just a lie to try to divide you from your team. So when I started understanding what giving grace to people looks like, those, those assumptions, you know, disappeared. But I will say this too, um, regardless of gender, it is um, about where you are with the Lord. If you're not in his word daily, if you're not praying constantly daily and, and taking these time, these time with the Lord seriously, you are more susceptible to negative, sinful thoughts and behaviors, period. So if you are immersing yourself in him first, then that should just overflow. Your cup will overflow into the relationships around you. Now, like I've said, we have uh, stepped out of uh, a position that we served in for six years. We were members of this church for 10 years. And um, while there were, when, when we started realizing that God is asking us to, to do this, it could have like crashed and burned. We could have shut a lot of doors real hard in the face of others, but we just pressed into him to see what he was truly asking us to do. We prioritized our time alone with him. We didn't go around talking ugly or, you know, making assumptions about people. We pressed into the Lord. And that's, that is going to be my always go-to advice is press into him. What is he asking you to do? What is he trying to teach you? If you're really stressed out about a certain situation, that is likely indicative that he is trying to teach you something. What is he trying to teach you? And listen and press in. Um, that correlates with one of my favorite scriptures that I have clung to in so many situations, which is James 1, 2 through 4, um, for that the testing of your faith um, produces perseverance and let that perseverance have its full effects. So you may be perfect and complete and lacking uh, in nothing. And the beginning of that scripture count it all joy when you face trials because you know the testing of your faith produces that perseverance so when i've come into contact with many different personalities or different leadership structure i'm always reminded that it's not used as an excuse to allow myself to be walked over but allow myself to count every trial and every hardship joy because it's actually teaching me it's a faith that's been tested now going through the trials um but one word and has changed my life in ministry is sabbath <laughs> um i tend to say yes to everything i tend to say yes to any opportunity any way to serve any um thing that's open uh to minister because of course like in my heart i'm like the ministry of God needs to go forth. Like, absolutely. I'm going to say yes to everything. Um, so what I have learned is right. When you think about the 10 commandments, let's go simple here. Um, you shall not steal, or you should not commit adultery, all these things, right. You would think and have a conversation like, well, I wouldn't steal. I wouldn't commit adultery. I wouldn't try to go steal my neighbor's wife or, you know, husband. <laughs> um, but do I keep the Lord's day holy? You think about the different commandments that the Lord has set up for us and what we follow. And it's like the one that I think we as Christians, especially in full-time ministry, forget about. 
um, because the Lord's day and coming to church on a Sunday is very, it's not really restful. If you're going to be in full-time ministry, I can tell you (laughs) your Sundays are not going to be restful. And I don't say that as like a doomsday. Um, but I say that as like, you are pouring out to the people of God, you are operating in your calling and gifting and it, it, you hear so many, like people come to church on a Sunday and then just want to tell you, you know, a lot of things about their life and what they're facing. And if you don't, if you're not careful and you don't put it back to the Lord, which Dr. Miller has so many times encouraged me in is like, you will take on the troubles of their life or you will take on what they're going through. And so what I have found and what I've listened to, as I've heard mothers and fathers spiritual mothers and fathers in the worship world. I've listened to the Helsers, Jonathan, David, Melissa Helser, and they've been um, such a good role model too in working from a place of rest, not working for rest. So it turns into, you're not just doing ministry, but you are living and being with God on a daily basis. And you're not like, okay, there's one day of the week that I'm just not going to do anything, but the rest of the week, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to work myself so hard. I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm not going to spend time with it. Like so many people have this mentality. That's just one day. That's the Lord's. And of course it's every single day of the week, every second. But I found that it is so important to take a day to, to be with the Lord, whether that is going for a walk and just talking with him and being in nature, whether that's going and spending time with, you know, a family member that you haven't connected with in a long time and, and being with them, whether it's just sitting on your floor and with the word of God and coming before him and just spending a whole, you know, few hours or a time just being with him um, and keeping a day where it's set apart um, to be with the Lord. And that looks different for every person um, as their relationships are so different and intimate with the Lord. But man, Sabbath is so important in ministry and working from a place of Sabbath, not just working for it and for one day. Um, and of course, as we talked about, and even Lana has brought up is um, submitting everything back to the Lord and asking him what um, you would do. Because I remember Dr. Miller Um, prophesying over me and encouraging me to say, man, there will be times in your life that you will have opportunities come your way, but you shouldn't say yes to everything because the Lord may not have you in that. And you would think, wait, but I'm in ministry. Like I need to care for people. I need to do everything. And it's like, no, like you alone cannot save a person. It of course is the Lord that only can change your heart and save. And so you need to submit to him and say, what do you have for me? What do I need to do? So I know, especially for me being like fresh and like a, like a new, you know, growing um, tree or plant in ministry, I'm just like fresh and green. I've learned so much that burnout will happen and it can happen if you are not taking Sabbath seriously and you're not um, sitting with him on a daily basis and not just having 30 minutes in the morning with him, but literally talking with him throughout the entire day. Like, God, what do you want me to say in this situation? How do I have to minister to this person specifically? Cause it's going to be different to the next person, especially if you're mentoring many different people. I try to get myself out of the box of like, I have to do the same thing. Like I, I, shepherd the person this way and I need to shepherd them the same way, but I have to ask the Lord continually in conversation with him, Lord, what would you have me say? Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? Because if you try to do it on your own, you will burn out to a crisp and um, you will, you will then slowly start to, 
I guess I'd just say it bluntly, you can start to slowly hate the church and hate leaders and hate ministry. And that is the worst place to be because the church is who the Lord is coming back for. And it is the most beautiful thing. And you have to watch yourself to you're you're either going to be a part of the problem or you're going to be a part of the solution in purifying the church. And um, so that's what really has helped me, I guess I would say, because being new in ministry and newly married and being with a husband in ministry, boundaries, talking through not, you know, your entire marriage shouldn't just be talking about ministry the entire time, but talking with each other, talking and, and being in relationship with each other and having to say sometimes, like, I don't really want to talk about ministry right now. I want to talk about you and I and, and what God has in our life, apart from just this local church ministry that we're in right now. Um, Cause you can almost put your identity in it and almost put your entire marriage in like, well, this is what we are called to do. And it's like, I have to constantly remind myself for me personally, that my first ministry, you know, is to the Lord, but then also to my husband and our marriage. So. Yeah. And seasons are constantly changing. So, you know, I think it's good. I mean, all three of us are different ages and, this is the other thing. I mean, Katie, you're so young, but you're so mature in the Lord and the Lord is using you already. And I think that that's a really, that's an encouragement to young women listening right now. Um, your age does not qualify you. The Lord qualifies you and learning something like that now is so important because your life is constantly changing. You know, you're, you guys are newly married now, but then, you know, kids change things. And then, um, the amount of kids, right? Lana (laughs) changes things. And for sure, (laughs) for sure. And then the age of your kids changes things, you know, and I'm in this season where my children are older and beginning to be involved in different things. And my husband is an administrator and we're both pastors and, and worship leaders and parents and, mentors and friends and sisters and brothers. Like we have all of these different roles and those roles are constantly changing. And guess what? It doesn't matter what gender you are. It's your, your roles in life are constantly changing and being aware that through all of that, sometimes you have to take a hard look at things and say, Lord, I need you to tell me exactly how you want me to handle all of this. And remember that the Lord gives grace for you in various seasons to do different things. And if he gives you grace to do it, you'll be able to follow through with it successfully. Um, Even though it doesn't feel super easy, it's not going to feel like you're, you know, gosh, I just punched something in the mic. That was probably not good, but like you're up against a wall when you have grace from the Lord to do something in a season, he gets you through it. Um, and there's confirmation step-by-step of all of that. But if you don't have grace from the Lord, you're going to feel like you're constantly up against a brick wall and you're going to start to feel that burnout. And I know that's the biggest obstacle for me is dealing ministry is constant like it's a, I, I said this to Katie yesterday. It's like a roller coaster. One day it feels exhilarating. The next day it feels frustrating. The day after that it's sweet. And then the day after that, you feel like you're drowning. I wish I were being ex- like an emotional woman right now, which I, I, and, and, and that's another thing too. I just will say it, a big obstacle for me has been submitting my 
um, emotions to the Lord constantly because I am a very, um, I feel things <laughs> very strongly, you know, even submitting my righteous anger to the Lord, you know, where it's like, okay, Lord, I know that, you know, I can be righteously anger, angered about this, but there's a line and I don't want to cross it. So I know that I'm feeling what you're feeling right now, but I could very easily go past that and start sinning. So here is this righteous anger, take it, you know? Um, so the emotions being submitted, having your emotions submitted to the Lord, and then just asking the Lord for grace in these seasons and also being prepared for him to tell you it's time for you to lay this down, or it's time for you to, you know, maybe delegate some things to someone else, or may it's time for you to do this differently, or maybe it's time for you to step down from this. Like I'm in a season where I'm like, I feel the Lord about to transition something like the weight of something in my life. And I don't quite know what that looks like. And I'm old. So, and I'm pretty sure even people older than me would say, yeah, this is pretty common. Like there's the, it, things are just constantly changing. And I think that it's foolish for you to enter into ministry and just think, okay, I'm going to enter through this door and every day is going to be the same for the next 40 days or 40 years. Um, I think it's like that in any job. I think we just have this assumption when we're young and in college that there's just this way things are going to be in, in any career path that you pick and that it's just going to be this way. It's like you see on the TV screen and it's going to be normal like this for the next 40 to 40 years of my life. And that's just not true. And maybe that bums you out, but it's actually makes things exciting. Um, it makes it, it's exciting to go on that kind of a journey with the Lord, even though it's frustrating sometimes, but so those are just the two obstacles that I just wanted to, to share really quickly, but I want to thank Katie and Lana for, for being a part of this important conversation. And I really hope that you're encouraged because I know that most of us have had pretty positive experiences being a woman in ministry, um, even though it can be difficult. Um, do you guys have any encouragement you want to share before we sign off? Yeah. So I just want to encourage people to just, like I've said again and again, press into the Lord. Um, one of the things that I've really learned is that whenever I surrender things to him and I see his activity in what I've surrendered, it is just exhilarating to, it, it, it makes the Lord's presence so real in my life. It reveals his character to me and his character is never changing and it establishes him and roots him even more deeply into my heart. And I want it all the more. So when you're doing these things, when you're praying, when you're seeking his word in your life, and then you're seeing his activity in your life, it just creates this natural response of just outpouring of love and adoration to our, our King. And I want it all again, right? We want it all again. So press into that, press into that, um, uh, keep, keep seeking him above all. And one of the most influential scriptures in our lives recently has been that one that is well quoted all over the world, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, that's, that's what he 
desires for us is to seek him first. So I just want to encourage you wherever you are, do that, seek him. Um, definitely an encouragement um, as I am young ministry and maybe some women who are listening and um, on the fence about what God has for them um, and what the Lord would lead them in. It would also be to just come alongside Lana there and say, continually submit it to the Lord and understand that your life, as we look in Romans 12, your life is a living sacrifice given to the Lord. And that is your true and acceptable worship. And so when you're actually worshiping the Lord, you're surrendering and sacrificing everything to him. And that can sometimes be painful. And that can be hard because something has to die when we surrender and when we sacrifice. And a lot of times it's our pride, it's our comfortability. Um, and so be encouraged that as you surrender and as you sacrifice, it's not always this beautiful rainbow moment and, and beautiful moment where there are incredible things happening. Sometimes it can be the sharpening of your life and the molding of your life. And that is what gives the beauty in it. So as you are even young, or if you are old in ministry and you know, you're saying, well, this happened to me and that happened to me, continue giving your life to Jesus as a living sacrifice. And that's your true worship to him. And as you submit to him, sacrifice, and you're obedient to him, you can minister to him first and whatever man may say, you can know this is what the Lord has for me. And this is, um, this is my response to him because he's so worthy and he's so good. So be encouraged to continue walking in surrender and sacrifice to the Lord. Yep. There is no greater joy in the world truly than serving the Lord. I had a moment on Sunday morning where I was just like, I am your servant. <laughs> like that's, that's it. I am your servant, whatever that looks like. That's who I am. And that's what I want to be to you, Lord. And, um, there was, there's a joy in that type of surrender for sure. Well, thank you ladies so much for, for being a part of this conversation. And I know that you encouraged so many young women, um, and hopefully, um, also just spoke some truth to some men on how they can love and support their wives in in their callings. So thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. And thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Still Small Voice. I will catch you next time. Speaking truth 